Hi, I'm Wayne Heinsohn, the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. So last week, we finished a message, a series that we had been running called The Great Exchange. And I finished with um, one, a verse from uh, Luke chapter 10. It was uh, verse 19. And it says, I've given you the authority. You can smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. You can walk all over the power of the enemy. You can't be harmed. And so my emphasis was those last four words from last week. You can't be harmed. No matter what the enemy throws at you, you can't be harmed. And why is that? Because you have been given the authority, the true authority from heaven to smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. And that's a very powerful verse. But what I finished the series on the Great Exchange, and I repeated it again and again, But I said that you have to choose to believe a truth like this one in Luke 10. You can read everything in your Bible. I can share with you everything that God is talking to me about. But if you don't choose to believe his truth, then it's not going to be a truth in your life at all. It's just going to be some words that you've read or some words that you have heard somebody speak. Because... It's easy when things are going good to go, yep, I believe what God's telling me. But what about when the season is tough? When we're going through a season where we've just got to push through. It's like we're just trudging through the swamp. What about then? What about then? And so today's message very much is about needing to choose to believe at all times. Not just in the good times, but at all times. Because one of the things in life is that we constantly have to make choices. Think about the choices you had to make on this particular day. You had to choose whether to hit snooze on the alarm or whether to hit stop and get out of bed. Maybe you had to choose, am I going to have a shower this morning or am I going to have a shower tonight? You definitely had to choose what you were going to wear to be at church today. And can I say that for most of you, you've made a very excellent choice when it comes to that. One or two, I won't point them out, you know who you are, maybe rethink your choices before you come to church next time. Me included. My wife said something about my shirt this morning. I was like, really? I thought it was a nice shirt. But anyway, um, so what to wear for the day ahead, you know, that's a choice that you need to make. Some of them are bigger choices. So you have to think about, well, where am I going to live? So having a conversation, you know, with with Jeremiah at the moment and what it looks like past school now that school's finished. And so one of the things that he's going to have to need to decide and make a choice about is what does he do next? What does his career path look like? So that's a choice. What school? We've had to make a, a choice, you know, in the last few years. What school are we going to send our kids to? So we all have those sort of life choices that we need to make. But I want to take that a step further because we are the church and as we walk with Jesus, we actually have far bigger choices that you and I need to actually make. It's not just those choices of life, but they are lifelong decisions that we need to make. 
So I want you to think about this. For some of you, you'll need to rewind the clock quite some time. I want you to think about, for those of you that have, are married or have been married, I want you to think about the time when you first met your husband or your wife. Because that's a pretty big choice that you need to make. Some people are putting their head down and shaking their heads, just contemplating it. But you had to make a choice and you had to decide, is this the person that I'm going to spend my whole life with? That's a big choice to make. Can we agree? I want to take you back to the early 90s. Because in the early 90s, I came across a young lady who was quite striking. She had these piercing blue eyes, had long brown hair down her back. She had a cheeky smile, a cheeky nature about her. And I thought, hmm, there's something interesting about this young lady. I might want to find out a little bit more. And so I sort of talked to her a little bit and got to know her. And then I thought, hmm, I think this is someone that I could spend my life with. And so, I don't remember if I asked her or she asked me, but we, we wound up dating. And six weeks after we started going out, I knew beyond any doubt that this was the person for me for the rest of my life. Now, neither of us knew Jesus at the time, so it wasn't a God thing, but maybe it was a God thing. We just didn't give him the credit at the time. But so after six weeks, I said, yes, I'm going to marry her. And then came the hardest thing, or one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life, was I had to go and talk to her dad. And I got on okay with her dad, but in my head I'm just thinking, hold on, I've only been going out with your daughter for like a month and a half, and now I'm, I want you, your permission to marry her. And so I talked to John for about two hours and didn't ask him the most important question for all that time until we got to the point where he said, oh, look, I, I've got to go. I've got some things to do. Was there something you wanted? And I said, oh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, ask if I, I can marry uh, your daughter, Jacqueline. And he was a little bit surprised um, but said, yeah, that's okay. Uh, and so almost 30 years since that time, we're still here, still married, and it's been a fantastic journey. And it's a decision, a choice that I've made, and thankfully that Jackie made, um, that I go, yes, I am so very glad that I chose to make that decision. But as big as those decisions are, as big as those choices are, there is no bigger choice that you and I need to make than when it comes to accepting Jesus. And sometimes we can think, you know what, I've accepted Jesus, he's my Lord, he's my saviour, it's just all sweet sailing from here. We're just on the nice lake, you know, just cruising along, the sails are up, the wind is blowing very gently. But can I say that's just the beginning? That's the beginning of a lifelong series of choices that you and I need to make when it comes to walking with Jesus. The Christian life is about choosing again and again and again to believe that God is who he says he is and that his word is the truth for your life and for my life, no matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on. It constantly is. Because, as we've seen over the last few weeks, 
when we're in spiritual battle, we've got to choose, do we put on the armor of God? We've got to choose, do I believe that promise of God even though I don't see it fulfilled right now? We've got to choose to believe that I'm going to pray into this and God is hearing my prayers and he will answer according to his will. There are so many choices that as we walk this walk with Jesus that we need to make. And here's the truth. You know it and I know it. Often it's not easy. It's not easy because sometimes things in the kingdom of God just don't make sense. And so we try and wrap around with our intellect and our experience and try and figure out what God's doing. Can I release you from that today and say, you're never going to figure out what God's doing. But that's where faith comes in. That's where choosing to believe comes in. Choosing to believe says, I don't necessarily know all of what God is doing, but I choose to believe that it's the best for me or it's the best for my situation. So last week, you know, we looked at how God had given us a, a, a clear mind, a sound mind, that he hadn't given us a spirit of fear, that he'd given us love and power and that sound mind. And we need that so very much for the spiritual life that we live because we have to continue to line our thoughts with the truth of the word of God. And it's a constant alignment. It's constantly coming back to the truth, coming back to the truth, coming back to the truth. We need to constantly, regularly, daily, hourly, every minute, make a choice to believe that God is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do, and that he is for you. Choosing to believe is a deliberate action. It has to be. Because there will be times, and maybe today is one of those, when you don't feel like doing it. When you don't feel like choosing to believe. When you feel that weight come upon you, whatever it is, that thing that you've been carrying, if you're in that season right now, you would know you go, or you can go, I don't want to choose to believe that God is going to do this or do that. Because you, you, your mind is clouded. Your thoughts aren't clear. They're not aligned with the word of God at a particular point. But we all have those times when I think, you know, we start to question what's actually happening. So maybe this. Maybe you've been praying for a family member for a long, long time. You've been praying for them because they're far away from Jesus and you've been praying and you've been praying and you've been praying. But rather than drawing close to him, they're actually going the other way. It's like they're getting further away from Jesus, if that's even possible. And so you're thinking, where is God in this? Where is God in terms of hearing and answering my prayers? Stop at that point. Do you know what you need to do? You need to choose to believe that God is hearing your prayers and that he is working in that situation. He is working in the life of that family member. And while it might not, might not seem like it, he is actually drawing them closer to him. You have to choose to believe that. Here's something that I got challenged on as I was preparing. Maybe God has been speaking to you and asking you to lay down something 
that you really value. Something that is actually good and holy and pleasing to the Lord. But he's been saying, I want you to lay that down. And you're thinking, hold on, God, I'm doing this for your glory. This is to further your kingdom. Why are you asking me to lay that down? Why are you asking me to stop this thing that I know is for you? Choose to believe. Choose to believe that there is a purpose in that. You don't know what that is at that point of time, but I promise you that God actually knows what it is. In moments like that, you can contextualize it to your, your own circumstances. When things don't need seem to make sense, what we need to do is we need to choose to believe that God has the best for us. We have to choose to believe. We don't have to understand. We don't have to know the reasons behind how God is working or the decisions that he is making. I don't know about you, but I'll speak for me. I often want to know why, and I've had to learn to lay that down and go, God, I choose to believe that you are working in this situation. And most of the times I'm okay going, I don't understand why, but I'm okay. I've laid that down. Romans 8.28 is a very well-known verse. And here's what it says from the Amplified Version. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, who is deeply concerned about you, don't think that he's not because things aren't going according to plan, or at least how you thought they would go, who is deeply concerned about you, causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. That's pretty easy to read, isn't it? That's pretty easy to grab hold of and to celebrate and go, amen to that. God is working things together for good. But what about when you're walking through the dark valley? What about when you're in the swamp and you just feel like you've got to physically lift your leg to take one more step? Are you saying, I've got great confidence that God is so deeply concerned with me, that he is working everything together for good, even when the journey is long and rough? Because that's when the challenge comes. The challenge comes when things aren't going the way that we thought they would. And that's when we need to choose to believe that God's plan for you, that God's plan for me, is to bring about his goodness in every situation that we find ourselves in. Because this verse tells us very clearly, he is concerned for us, not just concerned, but deeply concerned. He loves us and he wants the best for you and for me. Do you choose to believe that today? I hope that you do. But I hear you say, but pastor, that's great. I love that verse but I'm just not in that place right now. I just can't do that right now. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm battle weary. I just want to lay down and rest. I don't have the energy. I don't have the words to fight this battle. And I'm going to tell you that's okay. Because you don't have to. Because if we skip back 
a couple of verses is Romans 8.28. We actually find out that in those seasons and those times, God's actually already there. He's already in the battle for you. It says this, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, in the battle, in the season where we have to choose, God's Spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayers out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. Not aching bodies, aching groans. But in those moments when we can't pray, in those moments when we are battle-weary, in those moments when we are tired, when we just don't have the words, the energy, the expectation, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Take comfort knowing that the Spirit of God is with you. He is fighting the battle alongside you and he will carry you through. He's translating your groans into the language of heaven. He is translating the sighs into your victory. So the biggest choice, I think, as we walk with Jesus, I think the biggest choice that we need to make is to continually believe what the Bible says. Because the more you read the Word of God, the more questions I think that you get. The deeper you understand the nature of God and who he is, the more or the less you actually understand the nature of God. And as you dig um, deeper into his word, I think it can just raise more and more questions. And so that's why I think it's that daily choice to believe that the Bible is the written word of God and it's relevant for your life and relevant for my life. Because a lot of people, well, they're just happy to choose the good parts the happy parts, the comfortable parts of Scripture. And so, you know, they'll take all of those fantastic verses and, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, you know, plans to prosper you. Amen, I take that and I grab that. But that's not the entirety of the Bible. That's part of it. And I will regularly say, and I will say it again today, You have to take the entirety of the Bible and have it in context. You can't just go and take the feel-good verses, as good as they make you feel, because there is a chunk of your Bible that is really challenging and really hard to grab hold of and really difficult to believe. James 1 verse 2 is one of those. Here's what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now I see a lot of smiling faces today, full of joy with the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that you are going through, said nobody. Because that is not our human nature. Our human nature is to allow ourselves to get stuck in those trials and tribulations. Well, that's why last week I said we've got to continually have our sound mind, our clear thoughts, align that with the truth of God's word. Because if you are sick, and we've had some sick kids over the last few weeks, 
There's not a lot of joy coming from my sick kids. There's just a bunch of whining because they don't feel well. And sometimes we're like that when we're sick. We're just whining. Or maybe if your kid has walked away from Jesus, how are you, how are you finding joy in that? when you know that they're not walking in the victory that Jesus gave to give them. When people lose their job, I've never seen somebody lose their job, different from retiring, Brian, but I've never seen someone lose their job, you know, and walk out of the building or the workplace singing and dancing for joy. You know what they're generally doing? They're thinking, well, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to pay the rent or the mortgage? How am I going to put petrol in the car? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? There are many passages in Scripture that we need to choose to believe that God is using them and that they will get us through a tough season. So, James 1-2, that's tough, isn't it? Sometimes to believe, particularly when we're going through tough stuff. It's tough to see when troubles of any kind come our way. It's tough to see the goodness of God in that. But let me scoot forward to the next couple of verses in James 1. It says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let it grow. Yes, you can sing it if you want. I wasn't going to do that. I thought about singing the frozen, let it go, and, you know, just changing the words a little bit, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to put that upon you. But why do we go through trials and troubles and tribulations? Because it creates in us endurance. It creates in us a, a spiritual strength that continually gets developed so that we can go through the trial that we're at now, but also that we are ready and prepared for the next one that comes our way. Okay, it says when your endurance is fully developed, then what happens? You'll be perfect and complete. Perfect and complete. We don't get to perfect and complete unless we go through trials and tribulations. So when you understand that in context, then you understand there's a reason for the trials that we actually go through. So I want to just kind of press pause for a moment. And if you're going through a tough season, I want you to make a declaration for me right now. You can say it out loud if you want. You can say it internally. I don't, it doesn't matter how you do it. But if you're with us online as well. And here's the declaration that I want you to make. If you're comfortable, I would like for you to speak it out because there's power in that. But this is what I want you to say. I make a choice to let it grow. I make a choice to let my endurance grow. I make a choice to let my faith grow. I declare that I am on the road to completion. There's such power when we speak out the truth of God's word. When we declare his word verbally, do you know what it does? The enemy's running. He's scared. 
He's like, this is the church. This is the lion roar that's coming out in the church. This is not some timid social group. This is God's people rising up with the authority that they have been given and declaring that I will grow, that I will let my endurance grow, that my faith will grow because I am victorious in the battle. You will not be victorious in the battle if your endurance and faith is not growing. You will be overpowered. Living the Christian life is not a passive endeavor. It's not about sitting on the sidelines and being spectators. That's not what the Christian life is. When you signed up and said, I'm walking with Jesus now, you signed up for a life at the front line of battle. Not sitting on the side and watching what's going on. Just as the word of God is living and active, so too our faith needs to be living and active. Absolutely it does. It needs to constantly be growing, constantly developing. Romans 1.17. I love it from the Passion Translation. The gospel moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. When, we're, when we are living, receiving life through faith, do you know what we're doing? We're sitting on the sidelines. We're spectating. We're watching things that are going on and going, yeah, I've got faith in Jesus because everything's all right at the moment. But the gospel actually moves us then to the power of living by faith. And when we're living by faith, it doesn't matter what comes our way, our faith rises up, our roar rises out, comes out, and we say, I'm going to tackle this head on. I'm going to tackle this head on. I don't care what the enemy is throwing at me, I tackle it head on. I don't care what it is that's coming my way because I have built up my endurance. I'm always amazed by like those strong men. You know the strong men that can like lift a car up above their head and they can, you know, carry a tire in their teeth and do all that sort of stuff? I don't know what they do, but, you know, they always amaze me. And I think, well, how can they get to that point? And do you know how they can do that? Their endurance increases. They get stronger and stronger. Whereas to the, you know, when they started, maybe they could, like, pick up a fork or a knife. I don't know. But, you know, then they get to the point where they're able to lift up all of these heavy, um, you know, these heavy objects. They can, you know, have a, a chain in their teeth and they can pull like a semi-trailer just with their teeth. It's amazing. I think I'm a bit too old to be a strong man. I'm not sure. But I wonder if I could, if I started now and trained really hard, I wonder if I could. I don't know. But I'd rather build my spiritual strength. And maybe you will as well. But again and again through Scripture, we actually see examples of people who have made a choice to believe. They've made a choice to say, I am going to live by faith. I'm not going to receive my life through faith. I'm going to do it by faith because that is God's plan for me. No matter the doubts that I have, no matter when things look really bleak, it looks like the, the enemy is winning the battle I'm still choosing to believe that the victory that Jesus died to give me is mine. They're choosing to believe that. 
I hope that you are choosing to believe that as well. Because the thing is, God never imposes himself upon you. He's never going to force you to walk in the victory that he has for you. I love in Revelation, Jesus says, here I am, I'm at the door, I'm knocking. But he wants you to open the door. He never knocks the door down, he doesn't even open the handle of the door. But he's there and he's saying, I'm here. But you need to come and say that you want me to come in. And I believe the same is true today. If you're sick, if you've got a a sickness of some sort, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then we're going to pray about that. And I'm going to believe for breakthrough for you. But are you going to choose to believe that? Are you going to choose to believe that the breakthrough that is available for you is coming today? Maybe you're finding things tough when it comes to finances. I went shopping the other day. On Friday, I think it was. No, it was yesterday. And I was surprised at how expensive some things have got. Really expensive. And so maybe you're feeling a bit stressed when it comes to finances. It's a tough environment. Believe, choose to believe for a supernatural release of finances from heaven. The windows of heaven are open. The vault door is open and God's riches are available to you. Do you choose to believe that today? Maybe it's a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. And as I said earlier, you've been praying and praying and praying and it feels like they're just so far away from God. Choose to believe that they've turned, they've done a 180 and they're coming back to him. Choose to believe that today. I want you to choose to believe that breakthrough is available in those areas. I want you to claim the victory that is yours because that is the truth of the word of God. It says that we are victorious. So let's choose to actually believe that and let's, in our faith, let's live our life that way. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says it like this. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe the victory is yours today? Not just in your head, in the depths of your spirit. Do you believe? Or do you need to make a choice to believe that today? Because maybe you're struggling to believe it. Then just choose to believe it. Allow God to meet you where you're at. Ephesians 1, 19 through to 21. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The incredible greatness of God's power. What does it look like? It says it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated in place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That is the power of God that is available according to this word. If you align your thoughts and your mind with the truth of scripture, that is available to you and me. That is the truth. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me today. 
I'm not making it up. This isn't my thinking. This is what it says right there in 1 Corinthians. Are you going to choose to believe that today? Are you going to choose to believe that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, and let's agree that that is an awesome power that is above and beyond probably anything you and I have ever experienced, are you going to choose to believe that that is for you today? Verse 21 says this, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. So the power that raised Jesus from the dead is with you and me. And then at that point, that's when the enemy will come in and that's when the enemy will say, no, that's not for you. That's for someone else. No, that healing, that's not for you. That's for someone else. And that's why in verse 21, God tells us, no, it doesn't matter the lies of the enemy. It doesn't matter his deceit. He has no authority Because it is the power that raised Jesus from the dead that is with you and me. A power that is far above any ruler, authority, power, leader, or anything else. You You do need to choose to believe it. Because it's so ginormous, it's so big, it's hard to actually comprehend what that means in its entirety. And so we need to choose to believe that. I want to encourage you not to let previous unanswered prayers stop you from receiving what God has for you today. We've all had prayers that we've prayed and they've been unanswered. We could write a whole list. Could probably write a book for some of you that have been around a bit longer than I have. Maybe it would be like a set of encyclopedias And you would understand that reference. Kids of today, encycla what? But I know that you understand that. And so I want us to spend some time believing that God is who he says he is. I want us to spend some time today choosing to believe the truth of his word. I want us to spend some time as we pray believing and making a declaration that we have his authority. Now, you might have doubts. You know, you, there, there might be fears that you have. There might be, you know, things that, that are going on and you're just thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do that, Wayne. Make the choice. You can make a choice right now. You can choose... to say yes to God or you can choose to continue to be weighed down by whatever's going on in your life and it might not be for you it might be for you know a family member it might be for your neighbor it might be for a work colleague it might be for somebody else that you're going to intercede and pray and maybe that person is at that point where they don't have the words to pray and the Holy Spirit is talking to you and he's saying I, I, I want you to intercede I want you to pray for them I want you to do that this morning. Exchange your doubts and your fears and your whatever it is with the sound mind that Jesus gave to give you. Resist the lies and the deceit of the enemy and choose to stand upon the truth of God's word.
Don't look at your natural circumstances. Look at the King of Kings. Galatians 3.22. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.